Hello, everybody, and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me today, I have a Jer. Hello. And a Wheeler. Old. Old what? Border. Yeah. Yeah, it is, because today we are talking about the Time Spiral Remastered with that fancy new art. A reminder, though, that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support of the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So welcome to our Time Spiral Remastered set review. Now, we want to do something a little bit different for this. This, of course, is a reprint-only set, and reprints are often very important for Canadian Highlander, but we don't want to talk about cards as ubiquitous as things like Goyf or Young Pyromancer, or things that are like very, very obviously played in the format all the time. Also, what we don't want to do is just talk about a bunch of old cards that used to be really good and then have been replaced. So we're trying to find this really neat middle ground of here are interesting cards you may overlook or that aren't seen as much play. This might be a giant wink wink nudge nudge to those of you who've been like can we just get an entire episode of the best card you're not playing yes <laughs> And uh, we also want to make sure we're not excluding people who are newer or maybe unfamiliar with the format. So check out our totally not exhaustive, kind of in a color order, Canadian point of view, set review, asterisks of Time Spiral Remastered. And let's jump right into a format favorite, The Idiot Bird. We're talking about Avon Mind Sensor. Two and a white gets you a 2-1 bird wizard, has flash, has flying. And if an opponent would search a library, that player searches the top four cards of that library instead. We other you of this card start us off thank you serge uh, well for the longest time this used to be my least favorite most hated magic card and creature well magic card of all time it is no longer that but it is still in a solid third place spot so it's still on the podium up there and one of the reasons i hate it is not just because <laughs> i'm a combo player and not just because i tend to play decks with a lot of colors which requires a lot of fetching it's because it does one thing that i dislike like more than anything in cards and that it often just stops people from doing basic things in Magic the Gathering because well, this hits fetch lands. That's pretty strong in our format. This hits tutors. That's pretty strong in our format. I will say that this is a necessary evil and it took the release of Opposition Agent for me to realize that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like I, it's weird that it's like like even my hatred has like a power creep. At least it's a white card, right? Yeah. <laughs> I I talk about how much I hate this, but I I also pl have played it, you know, countless times in you know Death and Taxes, Jeskai mid range. When with the release of Opposition Agent, you just have to respect it a little bit more. Exactly. Like I'm gonna be like an old man out front of a coffee shop that's just like you know, even mind sensor. Sure, it was tough. Sure, it pissed me off, but you know what? It was fair. You could play around it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could play around it. And when you did, oh, you felt like a genius. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get a little lucky, you hit anyways. Oh, God, the, the basic land in the top four, when you fetch, you're like, ah, never didn't have it. Let's go. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, that's a big part of it, is that just, like, I mean, it's also a bird wizard. That's the funniest, like, two words in magic when they're <laughs> back to back. But, like, the fact that you can hit something and that there is, like, not counterplay, but it's not, you know, lol, GG, game over. Like, it only has one toughness. There are a bunch of, you know, 1-1 one, one tokens or whatever that can knock it out of the sky. You know, there's a bunch going against this card, but, like, it's so good when it absolutely mucks your opponent opponent but it isn't gg there's still magic to play right god and great art too great art 
Yeah. Out of curiosity, you said third place. Opposition agent obviously wears the gold here. Who has the silver medal? Is it Collector Oof? Opposition agent is not my number one least. I mean, it, I hate that card with all my might, but. What? Yeah, there, there's a, and uh, it's not Collector Oof. It's Scavenging Ooze. I'm sorry. What? Ooze is just good, clean fun. Oh, I hate Scavenging Ooze. It's good, fair magic. No, no. It's a bear. No, I, it's, 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 it's the, I hate it. I hate it, it so much. It doesn't even have flash. I don't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. As they start to use the graveyard to provide resiliency to creatures and, you know, they're effectively using, oh, things in graveyard mattered as a way to, you know, put a little bit of uh, junk at the trunk and a little bit of more power behind certain cards. Scooze is just always relevant now, even more so than before. And I just, and look at that art. God, I hate that art. It just, Scooze <laughs> isn't even in the set, I don't think. We, we don't have time to talk about that, but yeah, it's, well, now I'm all riled up. This is the first card and I'm riled up. All right, well, we'll move on and give you a chance to cool off here. Let's talk about another white card that lets people play magic. Containment Priest. Two mana, two, two for one and a white. Human Cleric with Flash. If a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. Jer, you like Reanimator. Tell me about Containment Priest. I, I do like Reanimator, but I also like playing doofy white creatures. So I, I, I really like this card. This card is not is is a little more polarizing than that Avid Mind Sensor. Avid Mind Sensor, sometimes it wins you the game on the spot, but mostly it just annoys your opponent. And like, maybe it'll get you and get you across the line. But most of the time, it's just annoying. This card, it's either going to win you the game on the spot or be 2-2 with Flash and no other relevant text. And and I can appreciate that. I'm here for it. it if it gets your opponent, it gets them It gets them real good. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun, fun to play. Good in our format. Good against like, good against pod decks. Good against most creature combo decks. Good against, good against Dredge. Stop some of their nonsense recursion so containment priest used to be a sideboard card which i i you know it, it meta dependent obviously we don't have sideboards in the format but we call it a sideboard card as if you think you have a read on the meta you bring it you bring it or you don't with the printing of so many escape creatures do you think people should be evaluating containment priest higher now than previously probably not i don't think there's that many like there's some relevant escape creatures but i don't think they're high enough impact that it changes the math too much on whether or not you should play it i still think it's almost always reasonable just because having flash threats is is always a, a useful tool to have against blue decks escape also i don't you cast the card because containment priest it says if it wasn't cast exile it yeah i don't know the wording on escape oh it's not like graph digger's cage sorry i was like yeah, yeah yeah i was looking at this as a different way right yeah oh well then uh ignore me and my question there <laughs> That's pretty funny. Something to talk about specifically to this set is that new old border, right? This is the first card we're going to talk about today that has that fancy, fancy frame. And I don't know about you two, but I am a collector of old printings. Like that is that is what I, I look for typically. It's like, yo, give me, don't give me the shiniest version. Give me the oldest possible printing. But suddenly with a lot of these cards being reprinted with that old border, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be an expensive set for me. <laughs> 
Yeah. Jer, are you are you strong enough to resist or are you all are you worried about this? No. I I have my cards. I'm happy with them. I mean, that's fair. But I look at like I look at Palace Jailer in particular with the frame. I'm like, oh no. Maybe not a lot, but at least a couple of these cards I'm absolutely gonna rebuy. <laughs> ah. Speaking of Palace Jailer. Yeah, fair enough. The next card we're gonna talk about today is Palace Jailer. Four mana two two for two white white. It's a human soldier. When it enters the battlefield, you become a monarch. And when it enters the battlefield, also exile target creature an opponent controls until an opponent becomes the monarch. Now, this card is a little bit trickier because it definitely falls in the category of cards that people are probably already playing a lot of, and if they're not, they should be. But I specifically included this because I wonder with all of the additional monarch cards that have been printed, is our evaluation of this card changing? Jair? Nope. It's still the best monarch card. It's still, well, one of the best monarch cards. It's still gonna see play in all the same decks it did before. It's still gonna be as much of a pain in the Tokus as it was before. Still gonna win you lots of games, draw you lots of cards. You don't think other, you're like, there's gonna be more Monarch in the format and so you won't draw as many cards? Is that like a consideration at all? I mean, it's a consideration and it will happen. Like it, it probably does get slightly worse because decks will have that are behind will have more ways to, to cause trades of the Monarch as opposed to you just having it, which means it doesn't quite give you as much benefit. But I think it's still powerful enough and good enough that even though that is a consideration, you're probably not not playing it any less than you were before. All right, right on. Next up, here's a little pet card of mine that I love to see reprinted. We're going to talk about Porphyry Nodes. Did I, how did I do with the pronunciation there, by the way? That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Porphyry? Porphyry? Porphyry Nodes. This is a one mana enchantment for a single white pip. And it reads, and this is a little wordy, at the beginning of your upkeep, destroy the creature with the least power. It can't be regenerated. If two or more creatures are tied for the least power, you choose one of them. When there are no creatures on the battlefield, sacrifice Perfree Nodes. I love this card. And this was a, a color-shifted version, time-shifted version of an old card called Drop of Honey. And this is such a unique card. As far as I know, there's like these two and maybe the Abyss are the only sort of effects like this that exist and they're very neat and it's like a an oddly costed control card and i just don't know if enough people are playing this but it's weird because you need to let your opponent have a board state to try and get value out of it so like ideally you play this against a green base deck they have a mana dork and a threat on the board and you're asking your opponent to either take their foot off the gas be like okay you have to stop playing creatures into this until everything is dead and the node resets the board which case that gives me time to set up and live or you have to try and race me you're you're asking your opponent to continuously commit to the board and try and kill you before nodes kills all of their creatures and it makes for just really interesting games of magic yeah i have lots of good memories of this card i played it in blue Egg control for a while and also obviously in, in more like prison prisony style decks it it's just lose lose a lot of the time for when you like if you are the creature deck against it and like yeah you can try to build up the board to you know i guess i'll keep throwing things into the abyss and you know overwhelm them or whatever but that's kind of just like a pipe dream because like if they're a deck that'll play porphyry nodes they'll probably also play other ways to remove creatures so just like yeah you might have to throw one more spell into the bin to 
you know get a dork out of the way or whatever but then it's going to start picking off things like god if this kills like a true name nemesis oh yeah that's disgusting <laughs> the dream yeah notably it doesn't target mm-hmm. so it does get around effects like protection and stuff like that it does have a downside it's definitely not a wrath of god and if you are behind enough you are just going to lose <laughs> It is often good with Wrath of Gods, though, because it's often like one of the choices they have is to just like dump everything to try to overwhelm it. And if they do that, then then you can Wrath and trade your Wrath and your your nodes for all of their creatures. Ah, the old Wombo combo. Good trade for you. Heck yeah. All right, let's move on to our last white creature we're going to talk about today, Thraben Inspector. This is a one mana, one two human soldier for a single white pip. When it enters the battlefield, investigate, which means create a clue token to sack it, draw a card. Wheeler, tell me about the inspector. This is a card that looks extremely underwhelming. And you kind of ask yourself, why would I ever play this? Unless you're a player that has played this in a format where you're allowed to have four of them because it's great. And turns out that extends to singleton formats. It's it's just a bunch of little things. Like it's such a small like inclusion. There's not there's not really much downside to playing it. It provides, you know, obviously in, in a lot of decks, having a one-two isn't where you want to be, but you're playing white creatures. You probably have ways to either modify that through equipment or have things that want you to have multiple creatures. The fact that it gives you, it just kind of cycles by itself and lets you cycle at a later time. Super effective for decks, again, like Death and Taxes or say, well, let's just stick with Death and Taxes, that will want (laughs) to play a lot of acceleration, you know, fast mana in the form like Soul Ring or Mana Crypt, Ancient Tomb, but you're casting a bunch of two drops and one drops because those decks typically need mana sinks for, you know, or extra mana for mana sinks, like equipment, activated abilities, and this just gives you a nice little little clue token to do that with so yeah it's 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 a really good card that is just like like the amount of like tournament winning decks that have included thraben inspector are probably like three times as many than i don't know some other powerhouse card from that block just kind of wild to think of like spell queller or something i just love that our vintage legal format it's you're playing this you know five cent common from shadows over anastrod five cents oh this card yeah, this card's worth money. I mean, at least a quarter, maybe. <laughs> I mean, now this version, because this is with the old border, like mm. this is definitely one of the big ones on my like sites of like, okay, Ben, let's, you know, we're going to pick up some of these old bordered foils <laughs> and we're going to do this slowly. So let's start with the ones that we really want, like, you uh-huh. know, Thraben Inspector. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an absolute slam dunk card. It's a role player. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, let's talk about blue cards and let's talk about a classic classic blue card at least in my impression and uh, something from a lot of i want to say like highlander past and that is ancestral vision now ancestral vision does not have a casting cost you can only suspend it so for a single blue put it into exile with four suspend counters on it four turns later target player gets to draw three cards jared tell us about this card in our yeah that's i mean generally you'll play it in in slower mid-range ramp control decks as a way to sort of get ahead on get ahead on cards in the mid to late game although with the amount of recursion available in our format there there are ways to discard this and then cheat cast it for free from your graveyard like uh, goblin dark dwellers for example yeah exactly yeah and 
Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Draw three card, good. Yeah, yeah, that one. I haven't been in the scenario yet with this card, but like, I'm really scared in a world of like Hull Breacher with this card, you know? It just gives them so much time to set it up. They are printing more and more ways to sort of get this card. Like, Remand is the classic one. You, yeah. It's just like your opponent suspends that turn one and you're, you just like put your Remand face down. <laughs> on the table and you're like i'll see you in three turns what's what's worse getting this remanded or getting it memory lapsed memory lapsed feels worse yeah i mean something that feels bad but not as bad as memory lapsed is having it misdirectioned because it is target player they can have it you know reverse you're like oh at least you spent two cards for that sure you know you worked for that but oh the, the remand for whatever reason i don't know why i can picture josh lane's face as the person remanding this. And, you know, he like, he's smiling, but he also feels bad about it. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't feel bad about it. <laughs> Absolutely not. I remember playing against Sutherland once. It's a really interesting card when you're against like a blue deck and they're resolving an ancestral vision or whatever. And they have so many cards in your hand. And it's like, well, they already have like six cards. I have to, I'm not going to win a card advantage war against them. They're already up so much. So maybe I have to fight like a mana war, right? Like I have to catch them out on scenarios or, or play into the other resource that they could be lacking. And I remember thinking it was so bad to do where Chris Sutherland goes to Ancestral Vision and I misdirect it to myself. And I'm like, I, there's no reason for me to do this. Like I should save this misdirection to try and save a creature or whatever. And like, I remember thinking about doing it and telling myself don't do this and then i'm stuck there doing it i'm like oh my god i just lost this game and chris just went wow i i didn't think you'd have it uh, yeah that resolves <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god, what? <laughs> like we're both just in disbelief like he had like seven cards in hand <laughs> and i was just like oh none of us thought that would work Huh, cool. Good, good. All right, let's move on to Looter Eel Core. And this is a personal favorite card of mine. This card has a sweet spot for me. One and a blue gets you a Core Rogue 1-1 with Shadow. This creature can block or be blocked only by creatures with Shadow. It lives in a different dimension. And anytime it deals damage to an opponent, draw a card and then discard a card. Wheeler, what do you think? I am similarly a fan of this card. I don't know how all over the place it is, but in 2021, I guess. But having played this card in Highlander within the past, you know, 12 months, trying it out in Dredge and having played it in like Flying Men, there is a spot for it. This card, I was about to say famously, but maybe that's presumptuous. Famously is the only creature in Flying Men that I will play that kind of goes against the rule of a creature can't have power less than it's covered a mana cost. Literal killer, I'll make the exception because this bad boy draws you so many cards yeah. and God, does it ever hold a GTA or an unstable mutation? Oh, I mean, even like a curiosity now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, curious obsession is huge. Curious on obsession, this card. part it's, of me. Mm. Or curiosity. Hey, we play both, baby. Like that's, <laughs> it's, yeah, this card will draw you so many cards and there is some merit to it in like, certain reanimator decks i don't know if it's exactly you know the first card you sleeve up but sometimes you need to have some creatures for that victimize and you know sometimes you need to i'm just soul exchange don't soul exchange but you get what i'm saying it's there you know there is value in having a cheap creature or a body 
attached to this. All right, next up, let's talk about Mystical Teachings. Four mana instant for three and a blue. Search your library for an instant card or a card with flash. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. And flashbacks for five and a black. What do you think, team? It's I, I don't have somebody specifically for this card. This is kind of a classic. This feels like a Jar card. I absolutely love this card. I've played this in everything. I've played it in combo, control, mid-range, decks that don't really fit into any archetype. Yeah. You think people are sleeping on this card? I mean, as the speed of the format sort of gets faster and faster, less and less decks will sort of be able to play this. Like, it's definitely a very, like, if you're not using it to win the game immediately, like, you're not just using it as a four mana get an instant or flash creature that wins me the game. If you're trying to play it like score quote unquote fair fairly, I think you're not going to be able to do that as often, but it's just so good at what it does. And it's so good at getting you an advantage and letting you turn the corner. There, there's just something special about mystical teachings for gifts ungiven. Yeah. That just feels, and it, especially when you're like mystical teachings, you grab gifts ungiven and your opponent's like, oh, okay, well, I need to prepare for that. And then you don't gifts. Instead, you just teachings again for the force of will. No. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. When the, when your opponent is mystical teaching for a counter spell, you're in a lot of trouble. Yep. You're like, oh no, they already have it. <laughs> All right. And speaking of counter spells, the last card we're going to talk about in blue today is Pact of Negation. Costs zero to cast, counter target spell, but at the beginning of your next upkeep, Pay three blue blue or lose the game. Jer. Yeah, this is definitely one of the candidates for being teachings to four. If you're if you're looking to win the game the next turn, it mostly sees play in, in combo decks or decks that want to be proactive. Often it's the only counter spell they have in the deck. They can tutor four if they have everything else and just need a bit of protection to, to end the game. You do also see it in control decks that will occasionally want to tap out or in like bigger ramp decks that want to be able to tap out and the mana cost isn't as as prohibitive. All right, let's move on to black cards. And I want to start off with Dread Return. I love this card. I think this card is super neat. Four mana sorcery, two black black, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Flashback, sacrifice three creatures. Wheeler, start us off. Well... <sighs> Let me just stretch out as one of my preview cards for Time Spiral Remastered. Nice flex. Nice. Nothing I love more than sacrificing three creatures and bringing back some idiot. <laughs> Dread Return is like, this card is just disgusting and broken like with you know varying results across formats but for canlander you know mostly you're going to be seeing it in something like a uh, hermit druid combo deck or in a deck that well has hermit druid like dredge just because zero mana to reanimate something is pretty strong and if you mill an archamoeba or if you have well hermit druid itself or some mana dorks maybe a cheeky grave crawler to come back a blood ghast. this card ends the game super quickly and it doesn't happen often but four mana to just reanimate a creature is also just fine sometimes i like that that weird second of yeah the primary casting cost on this is flashback sack for three creatures yeah like 90 95 of the time and i and i do like the rare oh wait i could also cast it for mana weird how did this get in my hand right? not to not to perpetually roast Sutherland this review, but <laughs> I re I played Dread Return. I snuck it into Sandy B, so Pattern Rector, because I thought it would be cute. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And I remember fighting Chris, and I go, I cast a Siege Rhino, and he counters it. I'm like, okay. And I dread try to Dread Return the Siege Rhino, and he counters it. I'm like, okay. 
And then I had all these dorks around and like a leftover spirit token. I'm like, oh, flashback dread return, get the siege rhino finally. And he was just like, oh no, I can't deal with that. He untaps, draws his card, and then concedes. <laughs> like it's just like the the redu- like the resiliency there is there. And you know, it gets the job done. All right. Next up is a very unique card again. A little friend called Nether Traitor. So this is a two mana one one spirit for black black, has haste, has shadow, and then says, whenever another creature is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay X. If you do, return Nether Trader from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this is a a very interesting recurring creature of the likes of quite a few. And I don't know if it's ever quite had a home. Wheeler, tell us about Nether Trader. So not to bring up another one of my preview cards, but this is this. I actually think this card kind of like really sells, you know, part of the point of this set review where for the longest time, it never really got there, right? Like you can look at it and be like, well, maybe, you know, people did try this in monoblack aggro just because it's got haste and it's unblockable, holds an unholy strength pretty well, you know, that kind of thing. And like people tried it out in aristocrats, but not a lot. But now because of new cards we've received, you know, stuff like Mayhem Devil being a f- another free way of dealing damage from, well, something being sacrificed, aka this card, from Dredge finding, you know, its legs and popping up. I think this card has a home in the format that is, you know, it, it's it's an actual spot. It's a reasonable call to make. You can include this in like tournament winning decks and not have to be like, yeah, this card's bad, but I like it. I was really worried that that was the conclusion of Nether Trader as this card is bad, but I like it because that's not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, you know, but for the purposes of the set review and the podcast. Yeah, it's I actually think it's great. It's just that redundancy that you want for, you know, tagging along with blood ghast and sacrificing things just because all these decks have received tools that make it run a lot smoother. All right, let's move on to Tassiger. The Golden Fang, six mana, four, five, legendary human shaman, has delve, so you can reduce the uh, its CMC cost by exiling cards from your graveyard, and has an activated ability, two, and a green-blue, green-blue hybrid, so four mana altogether, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a non-land card of an opponent's choice from your graveyard to your hand. I'll start with Jer here. What do you think? Of- I, I think this card is is really strong and has been strong and still is. It's a it's a really strong early threat. It's got a really, really powerful mana sink in the late game that sort of works well with the, the delve mechanic. You can delve away a bunch of the cards that you don't want to recur with the ability to up your chances of getting what you do want. And yeah, it's won me many games. Fits in many different archetypes. And you lost a dollar because of this card. I did. I was going to try and skip that story, but absolutely. I had a long running bet with Allison, the rock expert of our format. And she was like, if I ever pay more than two mana for this card, I'll give you a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) And it took something like 18 months. And then one day she just walked up to me and handed me a loony. And I'm like, what? I actually I knew right where it was coming from, which was quite funny. And then she said, "To be fair, it was the third time I cast it that game, <laughs> and it was it was against me." <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I forgot that part, Jer. That's hilarious. Yeah, Caracas is a a hell of a card. <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about our final black card today: Tomb Stalker. Eight mana, five five flying demon for six and a black and a black, but. 
It has Delve to make it a bunch cheaper. JR, what do you think of Tombstalker? I still think this card maybe should go down as one of the most underplayed cards in our format. This card is so incredibly strong and wins games so quickly and stabilizes the board incredibly well and kills Planeswalkers and kills opponents for a long time. And even now, it doesn't get as much play as it probably should. Yeah, people underestimate flying, as they do with most keywords. And a 5-5 flyer for two mana is just... Just, just very very good and i think it's gotten better like it yeah. just check they're just a, more cards that fill up your graveyard naturally even stuff just like prismatic vista or fabled passage and like a bunch of removal that is very strong and you know flexible like eliminate or tyrant scorn i guess scorn you can technically bounce it but you know even abrupt decay which not exactly new but ways to just get rid of something but because it's an eight drop they're not getting rid of it when it dodges basically all all red removal with five toughness as well i think a lot of people fall into i don't want to say a trap but like a deck building problem where like okay i'm putting cards in my graveyard it's probably better to do card draw so they'll put dig through time they'll put treasure crews in and then edge out tomb stalker as their graveyard sink and i think that's what we talk about when we're like wait hold on maybe instead of drawing cards you just kill them yeah what if we (laughs) just won instead yeah yeah. like true name nemesis is the classic for that where it's like i got one point left in my deck and well i guess i'm as deep as playing mental note and thought scour and opt and all this I can't play true name. Uh, mind twisted is. And it's just like, <laughs> no, just kill them. Yeah. Like, like, just play this donkey and kill them. And that's kind of just Tombstalker's MO. Play the donkey and kill them. You learn one thing from this game. Play the donkey and kill them. That's the takeaway. Thank you. All right, let's move on to red. We're going to talk about Bedlam Reveler. Another incredible underplayed eight drop. <laughs> eight mana. Gets you a 3-4 Devil Horror for a 6 red red, but costs one less to cast for each instant and sorcery in your graveyard. Has prowess, so it gets bigger for every spell you cast. And when it enters the battlefield, discard your hand and draw three cards. Wheeler. So this is a card that similarly has kind of like gone through these ups and downs, kind of like Tassiger almost, where you look at it and you always assume like, oh, I'm paying two mana for this card. And then it turns out you're not because you're using your graveyard for a bunch of other things. And so it saw a lot of play, didn't see as much play, but now I'm coming around on it, especially with more tools available to like a black red or like a Mardu kind of spell-based deck, you know, like a Mardu, like a low-ish curve Mardu Pyromancer Mardu Monarchy kind of deck, which is something I've mostly had my eyes on because I don't know what's wrong with me. I just haven't had any interest in playing blue decks lately, which probably means I'm sick. But like this thing dodges Bolt immediately. Again, dodges Abrupt Decay. Has similar stuff to what Tombstalker has. Obviously, no flying is a bit of a oopsie doopsie, but that's okay because you're just going to draw more burn to kill them or you're going to not draw any cards and instead replace those draws with dredges and dump your entire deck into your graveyard and then kill them and this is uh, probably my in my top five cards to get in an old border because my god does this look good 
Heck yeah. All right, let's talk about what I feel is one of the most iconic color shifted cards ever, and that's Brute Force. Other people might disagree with me, but when I saw Giant Growth printed in red, I couldn't believe it. This is so cool. It's like this in Sunlands, just blow my mind, the fact that they exist. If you're not familiar, Brute Force is a single red instant Target creature gets plus three, plus three. Wheeler, tell us about it in the format. So here's the thing about red. You can't give red too many giant growths because often in a red deck, it's just lightning bolt, right? Like that gets out of hand really quickly. And this card took a while for people to come along, you know, come around on it. I think even to this day, people aren't excluding it because they're like, oh, I don't want to play it. They're excluding it because in their like scryfall search for cards that deal damage, they forget about it. Like this just doesn't come up. But brute force is like an absolute smash hit auto include in mono red, maybe in gruel, though typically you want to play more. I mean, you probably played in gruel. Who am I kidding? Like you play a lot of primary green pump spells, but it's one pip. What's it like? You got one red mana lying around. Yeah, this card just kills people dead. It protects your things. Giant growth's the phenomenal card and they put it in the color that is the most aggressive color. Cool. Better than giant growth. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, now hold on. <laughs> no, no, not, not talking about like aesthetics or nostalgia. Okay. Okay. Just like okay. in a vacuum better. Okay. As long as we don't put any shade towards the giant rat. We'll no, no, I, I understand. <laughs> okay. That little skull. I knew exactly where you were going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hold on. You saying something bad about the giant rat? Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I gotta. I will end you. <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about empty the Warrens. Four mana sorcery for three and a red. Create two one one red goblin creature tokens and has storm. Jer. This is a card I've always wanted to explore more with, but never really did. I know I know Robin was getting people with this for a while. And especially when Storm is a popular deck and people start making meta calls against it, this could be a really powerful choice because it opens up so many more lines of play that aren't available. And you'll just get people who are waiting on the more traditional lines. They'll they'll be pretty sure you don't have enough mana or resources to go for a tendrils kill. So then if you like cast an early tutor and get this, then you'll be able to win the, win a game that you couldn't have otherwise. Yeah, so it's a really interesting card, and I think it actually still could have a lot of applications, even in like less traditional Storm decks. What's the fewest goblins you'd want to have and still reasonably win the game with empty depends a lot on the deck your opponent is playing it's a fast clock like i've definitely seen people go for this turn one yeah and and also what turn you're casting it like yeah. right obviously as the game gets goes longer and the more interaction your opponent is likely to have the number goes up yeah because like turn one land acceleration empty the warrens or like land acceleration acceleration empty the warrens mm. and you have six power on turn one that can close a game real fast cool yeah all right let's take it home our final red card today is rift bolt three mana burn spell for two and a red deals three damage to any target as a sorcery or suspend for one for a single red jer yeah this card's a classic gets into most aggressive red decks not quite as ubiquitous as lightning bolts or chain lightning so it usually doesn't make it in the the more mid-range you're controlling builds but gets into most of the aggressive ones 
and will often cause your opponent to misplay. Like lots of times if you suspend this turn one, they just like won't play a creature and they'll time walk themselves. The amount of times I've seen that happen is so many and it, it's very confusing to me. But like I'll simply not play my mana acceleration. You're like, oh, oh, OK. Yeah, it's like it's like if you had chain lightning, they'd be like, oh, sweet. They chain lightning to my dork. Haha, yeah. <laughs> got him. My life total is high. But if you suspend a Rift Bolt, they just won't play the dork that they would have been happy if you chain lightning. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And they'll just do nothing. I never thought of that. That's amazing. It's like they obviously just don't think of it that way. They're like, I don't want my, my creature to die. I can save it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to green and talk about a very cool card. Scrib Ranger. Two mana, one, one fairy for one and a green. Has flash, flying, and protection from blue. And return a forest you control to its owner's hand. Untap target creature. Activate this ability only once each turn. Jared, tell us about this card and maybe a little bit of the interaction and what makes it so powerful if people aren't familiar. Yeah, so this card is, is really strong in decks with creatures that tap for lots of mana it's also very very good with dryad arbor it's also very very good in like hoof style decks that don't play lots of lands in that you can tap a forest for mana return it tap a creature and tap a creature for mana and then play the forest and untap the creature if you didn't have a land to play you essentially just netted two mana for basically nothing so although it doesn't look like a mana dork it's it's a mana door in the right deck. All right. Yeah. Plays a very important role in mana acceleration decks. And the pro blue actually comes up quite a bit as well. One of the one of the common ways for these style, these like mana dork style decks to lose is to an aggressive draw with with flyers. And this can completely shut down that draw from an, an opposing deck. So Vendillion Clique is just staring at it angrily. Yeah, like the, the classic Brazen Borrower Vendillion Clique Nimble Obstructionist crew just gets completely hosed by the, <laughs> the Scrib Ranger. It's like, it's too powerful. All right, next up, Summoner's Pact. This is a zero mana instant. Search your library for a green creature card, reveal it, put it in your hand and then shuffle your library but at the beginning of your next upkeep pay two green green or lose the game wheeler tell me about summoner's pact oh god have i lost the game with this card before but that's okay because you usually win the game with this card i'm gonna say recently but obviously you know 2020 stasis summoner's pact was recently actually lowered to one point and it's been one of the cooler one point cards to play around with in recent memory you'll see it in flash decks and hoof decks occasionally and i've really when i say enjoy i mean god help them i've really enjoyed finding it off of Spellseeker. just being able to kill you know fetch up whatever you want could be the hoof could be the prime time and kill people dead that way it's it's had a, a long history with Canlander going up and down on the points list but I, I like where it's at right now and like you can do some bold lines with it too like I've definitely summoners packed on turn two for Rafelos in a match where I didn't expect my opponent to have much removal they killed it immediately but I, I stand by my decision <laughs> yeah, but if they hadn't all oh, that game was mine well yeah. they they killed my first dork with swords to plowshares. And I was like, that's really aggressive. Like, why are they doing this? Do they not have other removal or like counter spells? Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to do this. And then I immediately got papped exiled and oh. Uh, died. Oh, wow. That feels bad. Yep. But what are you going to do? Next up, we have Sylvan Scrying which in my opinion is probably one of the more powerful unpointed tutors in our format. 
but I might be biased as the premier lands pilot. I digress. One and a green sorcery. Search your library for a land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. Wheeler, your thoughts? It's great. Finds a land. It's cheap. Finds any land. Can find Gaia's Cradle, Talarian Academy, Dark Depths, Thespian Stage, Bizarre Baghdad, World's Your Onion. Pick whatever land you want. Valakut. I mean, probably shouldn't find Valakut, but yeah. you know. Please, no. <laughs> All right, the final green card we want to talk about today is another tutor, but maybe one that you're not as familiar with, Time of Need. So one in a green sorcery, search your library for a legendary creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. Jair. This is a really interesting card because it's never really seen a lot of Canlander play, but it's one of those cards where it, its applications are just getting greater and greater in so many different decks. Like we were talking about it earlier, you can easily play it in like the green-white combo style deck where it finds sack outlets, it finds Safi, it finds lots of other things. You could play it in the hate bear style deck. It finds Thalia's, it finds Gadok Teague. There's many others. Kiki Jiki. Yeah, Kiki Jiki. I played a Yogmoth combo deck for a while and it can find that one. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this card and comparing it to the other creature tutors that we have in the format so eladrami's call is an instant but costs you a green and a white pip so that's a downside to that there's summoner's pack but you lose wait summoner's pact is green only only green only green. yeah mm -hmm. so this is it's slow and it's a little bit more expensive but it's quite flexible uh, as the as the card quality is improved obviously and the fact that it's only got one green pip makes yeah. it yeah relatively easy to cast as well so heck yeah not super high cost and it's it's not going to be a, a staple in every deck or anything but you should definitely see it popping up a bit more in more decks well here's a beautiful segue of maybe a card you'll search for with time of need and our first gold card draw new lich lord this is a five mana three three legendary zombie wizard for three a blue and a black has a line of text if damage would be dealt to draw new sack that many permanents instead and tap ability target in a sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn flashback cost is equal to its mana cost i have always wanted to see this card do something and i have seen it be fringe playable in our format and then i literally forgot it even existed until this came back and i was like finally a chance to talk about Dralnu again is it Dralnu's time to shine is Dralnu playable surge buddy yeah do i have good news for you go on commander is a hundred card singleton <laughs> deck format how dare you you select one legendary creature to be you? your commander. Oh. oh my god. Okay, well, I'm sorry, Dralnu. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. I, I mean, I did see people trying it out. It may have even been like Josh, like really well-respected player in the format, being like, hey, if I'm playing a control deck in a slow mirror and I can protect it, this card seems great. No, I mean, Josh, for a long time, his Grixis control deck, which ended up kind of just shaping what Grixis control looked like in the format for a long time, was effectively like a time spiral era teachings combo deck <laughs> right like with actual factual five mana to fairy the creature it played draw new at least once but like what this is it it's phyrexian negator i mean i guess it says it, it's reverse phyrexian negator it's five mana and a three three instead of three mana for a five five <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean i guess it 
What? Like it, it doesn't even have flash. It, it's bad. We can move on. I'm sorry, Dralnu. I'm trying to think of a combo with it. And it combos with every incident sorcery in your graveyard. Gives them all flashback. So just to clarify, and I, I'm not to bring up Commander again. Serge, have you played with Kess Dissident Mage? I know Kess is such a better version. <laughs> oh, hard. yeah. I, I, I know. I, and you can't help but make the comparison. Okay. Sorry, Dralnu. She has four toughness and flying and cost less. <laughs> Holy and crap. Doesn't. Four toughness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't have the negator clause. Yeah. Let me, let me read. Let me read Kess. Uh, four toughness. Okay. Flying. Four mana. Okay. Has, you have to sacrifice permanence when it's dealt damage. What? Oh, no. Sorry. That's not a thing on this card that you would want to play. <laughs> My bad. All right. All right. Moving on. Okay. Well, let's talk about Lavinia Azorius Renegade. This is a two mana, two, two legendary human soldier for one and a blue. Each opponent can't cast non-creature spells with CMC greater than the number of lands that player controls. And whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter it. Jer, what do you think? I've actually never played this card in our format or had it played against me. And I, I'm not sure how how good this is. Like people liken it to Gaddock Teague, but it's just not not get a teague like it really gets storm decks it might get academy decks but it's not going to get the control decks it's not going to get the mid-range decks like it's not going to stop them casting their huge chunky planeswalkers it's going to delay them a little bit it's not going to stop the control decks casting the wraths i just don't think it's ap applicable enough across a wide enough variety of matchups to be effective i i don't mind this card but like the only time I've seen it played and being like, oh, wow, that did a thing was in like an Esper humans deck or like Esper hate bears. And then it probably would have just been better if it were, I don't know, like a, a two mana three one or like something a little just like anything with good old a quarter paladin. Yeah, exactly. Or like white knight. Like, pick a random human. I have played this in Blue-White Tempo, and it's been fine. But that's pretty niche and kind of hunting for playables sometimes. Because you're trying not to go too heavy on, like, color, like double color pip on anything. Yeah, it will come up sometimes, but... Yeah, but you, you're right in that it's, it's no Teague. It wants to be Teague, but it's not Teague yeah. because it's pretty easy to play around. It just it just kind of hoses some acceleration. If your opponents are playing Mana Dorks, if your opponents are playing Moxen, like this is this shines turn two on the play in tempo because mm -hmm. then they can't really catch up. They have to match you and you're always going to be one mana ahead. That's it. Anyways, let's move on to another really good two mana, two, two. Let's talk about Kasali Pride Mage. It's a cat wizard. Good start. No bird wizard, but cat wizard's also pretty strong. It has exalted whenever a creature you control attacks alone. That creature gets plus one, plus one. And for one, and sack itself, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Wheeler. Serge, what can we say about Bosley that hasn't been said countless times? Bo this Bosley? Bosley the cat. It's a cat. You know, the pet food store? Bosley? Somebody I... mispronounced this card's name <laughs> as Bosley. Oh, Casali? They said Bosley? Yeah. Oh, I, I get it. Well, they they called it <laughs> like Causley or something. And then it got, then in yellow jacket and only ever referred to as bosley but anyways it's a two mana creature that attacks for three buffs your other things and is a real pain in the ass this card's great it's it and in fact it's gotten even better my brain immediately went to start talking about cat tribal but i stopped that quick <laughs> I mean, this card is is has indeed gotten better, especially with cards like Luris, right? Like typically this will, I mean, this can find a home Holy in moly, most yeah. green, white and green, white X decks. Like Exalted is a phenomenal 
mechanic to have. And even like, God, we're going to do back to back Sandy B's here because like this sacrifices itself, right? <laughs> so if you put like a pattern of rebirth on it, you can immediately trigger it by having Bosley go bye bye or, you know, setting up your fatal push if you're in Abzan, blowing up a GTA because, well, it's a GTA. Card's great. Good cat. And the final gold card we're going to talk about today is Safi Eric's daughter. Another two mana, two, two for green and a white. Legendary human scout and sack ability. Sack Safi Eric's daughter. When target creature is put into your graveyard this turn, return that card to the battlefield. Wheeler. Okay, so we covered a card that was in my bottom five creatures of all time, and Safi's in my top five creatures of all time. She's Safi is love, Safi is life. She's so good, mostly for, again, Sandy B, Pattern Rector. She's pretty integral in the a lot of combos that involve having a sack outlet, maybe you throw in a Karmic Guide or a Revel Arc in here. But she is another card that has gotten a lot better over the years, and it sounds... It's going to be weird a bit of a dated callback now but you know getting cards like renegade rallier cards like luris she's going to get a lot better from that the even the fact that we have more tutors like recruiter of the guard is able to find her you can find her with time and eat is she's she's great she's and she's not just a combo card in those decks she's also sometimes a hey i know you want to kill my siege rhino but you really don't want to kill my siege rhino and she also just attacks for two right like that's shockingly relevant for this is that if you're a deck that is looking to chip away until they have to answer what you're doing because what you're doing involves creatures and then you just combo kill them like that's so much better than just getting pecked by something like a Baral chief of compliance let's move on to artifact cards and let's start talking about chalice of the void i don't have a good segue for this xx chalice of the void enters the battlefield with x charge counters on it whenever a player casts a spell with cmc equal to the number of charge counters on chalice of the void counter that spell i have always wanted chalice to be good in Canadian Highlander. I have tried it. I have always felt that much like uh, Countertop, that it's just never quite made as much of a splash in our format as it has taken over in other ones. Wheeler, has has this changed? What do you think of Chalice of the Void in Highlander? Search, buddy. Yes. I've got good news for you. Go on. CDH is a 100 card no, 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 format. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> How dare I, you? I don't think Again? This, I don't think this card is playable or ever will be playable. I've, I'm I'm similarly in that camp of like every time like, ooh, what if I just sneak it out in like medium red or D and T? And they're like, it's so hard to just ignore how many things go wrong with this yeah. card. Be it like all your, you know, all of your good cards not doing yep. anything under it in in formats like Legacy or or Vintage or even Modern, right? Like there's such a density of very specific mana costs being hit usually one or two but like we don't have that for us because you could be like great i have a chalice on one there's no way they'll be able to remove my stuff but the removal spells in our format aren't just fatal push swords and bolt they'll be like like people could show up with literal actual like dark banishing or like right. rift bolt right yeah. like oh no yeah exactly so it's not gonna it like doesn't it's never reliable enough you know to lock down like enough things i'm just sad now i mean i feel you yeah i absolutely I feel you but the c 
CDH crowd. They're a good bunch. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, next up, Gauntlet of Power. Five mana artifact. As it enters the battlefield, choose a color. Creatures of chosen color get plus one, plus one. Whenever a basic land is tapped for mana of the chosen color, its controller adds an additional one to that color. I love effects like this. I don't know, Wheeler. What do you, what do you think? Surge? Buddy, no, no, do I have good news for no, you? No, don't you dare! I've played Three? this card in Canadian oh, Highlander. God. Bad news for Jer. I'm about to say that I've played this in High Tide. It was <laughs> it was 2009. Things All were right. different. Right. Did you just like spit your water, Jer? Are you okay? <laughs> like I guess it's a mono blue Mirari's wake. Oh yeah. I look at this and I think of Big Red. Like, this is where I've traditionally played this card. And I don't know if that deck is seen... I mean, now that the medium decks are medium decks and are just, you know, winning and killing opponents instead of trying to do really cute things like cast wildfires. But that that's where Gauntlet of Power shined. I mean, in Big Red, you have Gauntlet of Might. You get actual factual Gauntlet of Might. But the, I you, mean, you're, you're right. Like, I don't know. Even for, like, big decks, like, I could play this or I could just play... A dragon. A, a planeswalker or a dragon. Yeah. Green has the Great Henge now. Now, right like blue already has academy and high tide i guess just big white this is just for big white now isn't it oh yeah i mean you're in treat your hard cast and treat the angels because you drew it <laughs> and you can't do anything about it because uh, i mean your school your scroll rack's gone they, <laughs> they already exiled it your opponent zoned in on the only good card you have immediately all right let's talk about the final artifact in the set sorcerer's spyglass oh sorceress spyglass pardon me two mana artifact as it enters the battlefield look at an opponent's hand then choose any card name activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities jare i actually I've, I've really liked this card every time i've played it and i've probably played it more than most people if you dislike losing to planeswalkers then sorcerer spyglass is for you if you dislike losing to creature combo decks then sorcerer spyglass may be for you if you like to randomly goozle your opponent and get to name a fetch land that they have in hand then it might be for you yeah this this card has a bunch of reasonable applications you don't have to blind name like you do with pithing needle so its average case is way higher and just even having the information can be good value. Probably better than Revoker because you can Wrath and not lose your lockout effect, right? Well, yeah, it's just much more likely to stick around than than Revoker, like an, an artifact versus an, a one toughness artifact creature. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a pretty reasonable card, especially with the Planeswalkers they've been printing these days. Heck yeah. All right, let's bring it home by talking about lands. And first up, we have Dryad Arbor, a beautiful and unique card. I don't know if there's anything quite like this. It is a land creature, creature land type, forest dryad it isn't a spell but it is affected by summoning sickness so it taps to add green and it's a one one this card i don't know i have jared jared take it away please i'm just so happy this version doesn't look like a basic forest mm. you mean that yeah there it doesn't have it's not textless yeah exactly it's not textless with the forest mana symbol oh <laughs> the text my <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this this card is good. It's seen less play than it has in the past. It's just green sunning for zero isn't isn't what it used to be. People figured out how good green sun zenith is and how valuable being able to get things like in the in the mid and late game are. And there's just many more mana dorks, so you're less incentivized to and less required to have green sun for zero as a as a play available to you. And drawing it often is the worst. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. What decks are still wanting to play this? Is this still in hoof because it taps for two? Yeah, it's it's 
Dylan Hoof, because having forests in your deck is good. You have so many land tutors. It is a forest, and you're incentivized to play forests, and it is a creature that you can get with Primeval Titan, and you're the, the most Primeval Titan-y deck there is, and sometimes you just need to get a creature. Something to soak up a Liliana minus two. <laughs> yeah. There's so much potential for like sweet plays of having to fetch land up and grabbing this. To get around edicts to give you a like a haste creature that you can you know fetch for end of mm -hmm. turn it, it opens up some really really unique lines of play the hilarious interaction of dryad arbor and blood moon you're like what's going on ah good times oh. get to attack them <laughs> with the one one mountain yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right let's talk about flagstones of trocare legendary land taps for to add a white and when it goes into your graveyard from the battlefield you may search your library for planes card not basic a planes card put it into the battlefield tapped and then shuffle your library i'm gonna throw this one to me i think this card is great i love it in basically in stacks you can play it in other decks but any white deck that wants to be destroying lands you can play ravages you can play armageddon you can play wildfire and it just it's a nice little catch-up mechanic behind that i am a little bit sad one of my favorite interactions used to be this and vesuva for like the double fetch acceleration or crop rotation sacrificing flagstones to like accelerate yourself and land tutor i feel it's just not quite where it used to be but this is a land that a lot of white decks especially ld land decks are probably underplaying and they should get up they should just play more of it there was a a spell from zendikar rising called cleansing wildfire that it was like a two mana spell you destroy target land and its controller can rampant growth and then you draw a card yeah and that's on my like do this by the end of the year like bucket list is to cleanse a wildfire my oh, yeah. own flagstones <laughs> oh, 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 oh. one of my favorite things to do mm. in magic like five years ago was cast boom bust target my flagstones in their land oh yeah right you're just yeah. like oh hell you mm. Very good. All right, next up, we have Gemstone Caverns. And this has got to be a land that not enough people are playing. And I know you've had, you've put your circuit in with this, Wheeler. Anyways, if Gemstone Caverns is in your opening hand and you're not playing first, you may begin the game with Gemstone Caverns on the battlefield with a luck counter. But if you do, exile a card from your hand or one and tap, add colorless. And then if it has a luck counter on it, you can add one of any mana color instead. Wheeler. I haven't played as much of this as I think you think i have what <laughs> like i've played this in medium red and then but i've i cut it because it look it's even too greedy for me playing this all the time in your cascade decks oh oh back in the day serge but i was a young boy <laughs> i was a young lad back is then is this too greedy now or are we not playing gemstone cavern anymore well it's funny because one of the more conservative pilots like again josh used to always play this in flash hulk like which you know that's flash hulk that's a bit of a different story but yeah i don't know if i like it you when know, it works it's great right there's a deck that just needs to high roll a little bit harder it's definitely flash hulk. exactly yeah exactly it's like i need a better turn one yeah just like think of the decks that would want to play a card like this and then kind of ask yourself like do they need any help just being a bit more misey like probably not because they're you know they're decks that are successful because they have just the right amount of mize just enough like haha oops city of traders hell rider turn one this it, it's just a bit 
much, but I, I, I will say I do like this in workshop decks, like workshop aggro decks and battle bots. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to wheel away like five cards yeah, anyways yeah. <laughs> that I can't cast. I should be playing this in my wheel decks. Oh my mm. God. All right, there you go. If you're looking for a home for this card, you're playing Wheel of Fortune, you heard it here first. <laughs> I... I don't want to co-sign to that. Hold on. Such an original thought. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, no one has ever thought of this before us, Jer. Yep. Anyways, I have to talk about the fact that Teleria West is a rare now. Is that, was it, has it always been a rare? It was nope. an uncommon. Oh, but it got a uh, rarity shifted up to from the vault. That's not a rarity shift. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this a rare? Anyways, let's talk about what Teleria West is. It became rarer because yeah. it was yeah. in the vault. So Teleria West is a blue land that enters the battlefield tapped, but you can transmute it for one blue blue and discard it. Search your library for any card with CMC zero, reveal it, put it in your hand and shuffle as a library. And Wheeler, tell us about this card. I've certainly played this as a land and it's only ever not been embarrassing once. And but like usually you transmute this card for either a good land like Tolarian Academy or Black Lotus. Oh, sure, Black Lotus. Also a good card, also zero CMC. Also a great land. You know, you, you typically, you can find like Inventor's Fair, Buried Ruin. Zero CMC Artifacts, Walking Ballista, yeah. Lion's Eye Diamond. Like the, this card almost always is just finding a broken zero mana card, but it's really good at bridging the gap. Like again, if you have a Sylvan Scrying, you can just find the Tolarian Academy. But because Tolarian Academy decks are going to want a bunch of ways to find lands, and the way that you kill people could also be, you know, with Black Lotus or Walking Ballista, it lets all your land tutors, when you have enough mana, which, you know, 60 to infinite mana is enough mana usually, it turns all your land tutors into also find the thing that kills them tutors. Zurin Orb. Sylvan Scrying into this, into Wincon, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's super great at doing that. And it's transmute. You can't counter transmute. That's that's also just huge, right? You get to spend your mana on a turn to do something and your blue opponent's just sitting over there with... Actually, you know what? I was going to say sitting over there with a bunch of mana sad about counter spells, but in an era of uh, opposition agent and hall breacher, <laughs> I'm going to get murdered for doing this. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know what I just realized on this? And maybe it's not that galaxy brain and I'm not a genius, but this is basically a double face modal card. Oh, yeah. Like one of the ones we just had, one side is, you know, three mana tutor, find a zero cost, whatever. The other is, or just play it as a tap land. It offers the same flexibility as all the cards that we've been playing recently and is even stronger because instead of casting a spell, as you said, it's an activated ability. So it gets mm -hmm. around the majority of counter spells that people are playing. Yeah, yeah. This this land's a uh, big fan, big fan of Teleria West, even if it got rarity shifted. When your opponent plays this as a land, you're either you're either really really ahead or really really behind. There is no no middle ground. <laughs> you're either imminently dead or probably going to win. Yeah, it's just like they play it it's one of those cards where you want to ask them right? Like they play Teleria West past. You're like, why did you play Teleria West? And they just look you dead in the eye and they go, I need the second blue next turn. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. They look you in the eye and they're like, game two. You're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. I, you heard it here first, folks. Surge will concede to any played Teleria West.
They always have it, Wheeler. They always have it. All right, let's talk about our final card of the set review, which is a card near and dear to my heart. I think I said that about 18 times in this set. Wow, this is really the nostalgia set. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Vesuva. We mentioned it when we were talking about Flagstones of Trocare earlier. Vesuva is a land that enters as a tapped copy of any land on the battlefield. This card used to be amazing. Wow, I don't know. Somebody's going to age date me here and I'm going to feel really old. But the legend rule used to work differently, where if there were two identical copies of the same legendary permanent, including like your opponents, they'd both just die. God, R.I.P. Phantasmal. And you could play Phantasmal Image, which is incredible, but you could play Vesuva as a non-counterable, uninteractable wasteland that would take out academies and Krakuses and stuff like that, because it would just be like, ha-ha, everything dies. <laughs> you can't activate ability in response to this, and I love that. I loved lines like, well, I was mentioning earlier, copying Flagstone of Trocare, double tutor, right? Put it in your bin, find other stuff. But I still think this card has a home in our format right now, especially with cards like Field of the Dead or all these other just increasingly high value lands that more and more decks are getting. I, I think this card is fantastic. And if you're trying to get value out of your like key lands, why not have a second copy of it? I don't know. You think that's too greedy? Your thoughts? What do you mean too greedy? Like it's not gem, it's not gemstone caverns greedy. <laughs> I, I just don't know how much benefit you're going to get from this, like on a regular basis. Yeah, that's fair. Like it can be sweet. It's great with Knight of the Reliquary. Like if there's anybody who loves Knight of the Reliquary and Maze of Ith, it's me. Yeah. And do you know what's better than Knight of the Reliquary and one Maze of Ith? <laughs> Knight of the Reliquary and two Maze of Iths. <laughs> <sighs> How do they win? Is that in your top 10 most hated magic cards, Ben? Maze of Ith? It's got to be up yeah, there. Yeah, it, I think it's honorable mention in the way of like giving an Academy Award to like a 90 year old actor or whatever, where it's like, it's just one of those cards where I'm frustrated by it, but I don't know, like it's hard to be really angry because my opponent paid the cost of playing Maze of it and then Vesuvid their Maze of it. But it's just like, <laughs> like anytime that happens, it's like, what are you doing? What are we doing here? We could be using our time for something else, you know? Oh, amazing. Oh, I see what you did there. Well, friends, that's going to do it for our set review. Any final thoughts on the set in total? I mean, obviously, huge nostalgia blast from the past and really excited about the new borders. The set is so sweet. Yeah. It's it I it's so good. It, it look it looks good. It feels good. I mean, I haven't played with it, but I'm sure it feels good. And like just getting all these new cards to players that you know have wanted them for so long, but they've been trapped behind like, haha, oops, future site availability. Here's like an eighty dollar card or whatever that is now like five bucks. Hell yeah! Well, to you, dear viewers, thank you so much for watching. Definitely appreciate it. I want to say thank you to the Patreon, patreon.com slash run. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.